Welcome to Season 3 of Terrace Truth Talkin', the 7 plus F's of living. I'm Joanna Bonaro, the creator of the series Good and Screwed, and out of that came these podcasts for females in their fulgent years, 45 to 75, who want to flourish in a frenetic world. I hope you'll enjoy and share. Is this a real Welcome to Terrace Truth Talking. I'm Joanna here, and I have two glorious women with me today. Uh, my guest co-host, who you've heard of before, if you're listening to our podcast, Carrie McGann. Hi, everybody. Who is an actress and a model and just a magnificent human being who brings laughter and light into any room she <laughs> enters. Thank you. And today, uh, the category is fortitude, and under fortitude... We're going to talk about courage. I met a very special lady on on a job site once, and that's why I had to bring her on. Her name is Melissa Maxwell. Hello, hello. She is highly accomplished, super achiever whom I admire. I, I can almost get teary because it's almost like we don't really know one another too well, but I love her. So anyway, oh, so sweet of you. she's a director, an actress, a writer, an educator, and a motivational speaker, including TED Talks with Bernard College on courage. Mm -hmm. And so welcome. Thank Melissa. you. Thank, thank you. you. This is special. Well, I, I have to say when I met you, it was an immediate bond. You have just such a wonderful grace and presence about you. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. So we met on we met on a set, and mm -hmm. and sometimes it can be a wonderful experience, and sometimes it can be. And Melissa and I did just click, and we just started to share stories. So when I think about Terrace Truth Talking, about how it's women just sharing their stories um, of courage and perseverance and enthusiasm, I um, Melissa really embodies that. And she did a wonderful TED Talk on courage. That was amazing. And, Thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> that's what we kind of want to talk about today. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, Melissa? I uh, was born in Providence, Rhode Island, raised in Seekonk, Massachusetts. Uh, I used to make all my own clothes. Mm. I made my prom dress. I worked for a tailor. <laughs> I was... Um, so she sews, too. This is not... She, this is a multidimensional Renaissance woman. <laughs> I was accepted to three different schools for fashion design, but in my junior year in high school, I needed an elective. I took a course called play production, not knowing what it meant, uh, and that's where I got bitten by the acting bug. I completely changed my life, went to BU, and have been living in New York since then, um, being an artist, mm -hmm. acting, writing, directing, and such. Um uh, my TED Talks came about, uh, I, I was asked to do both of them. The one on courage came about because in 2005, my partner at the time had a brain bleed. And, um, you know, he was really, really healthy. He was, you know, he, he exercised regularly, was an avid cyclist. And so it caught us all by surprise when he had the brain bleed and the doctors would come in and say oh my god look at this guy he's the healthiest brain bleed patient we've ever had and, <laughs> but i thought yeah but he had a brain bleed but that's scary <laughs> it that's was incredibly horrifying it was horrifying um and so i realized and he came back really quickly i mean within six months he was you know quote back to himself 
And, um, and yet every time there would be a thump or a bang or something, I would just like hysterically run into the next room and say, are you okay? Are you okay? Or if he was five minutes late getting home, I would panic. And I just suddenly realized that I had, I was constantly in survival mode since the brain bleed. So your whole, your whole, not brain, your whole emotional uh, disposition now was around Was that. on alert, yes. yes. Always on alert and fear. And at some point he said, Melissa, please, you have got to stop this. I'm okay. And that made me realize that, you know, the brain bleed wasn't the cause of my fear. It made a, me aware that I had always sort of had this baseline of fear. Um, and the brain bleed exacerbated it. Mm. Um and so it just made me realize that I needed to fix that. And I, and I wanted to, for whatever time I have left on this earth, live as courageously as I can. Uh, and I think that we as humans uh, often live fearful lives, but we especially as women do. Um, we're taught that, you know. Um, and, and so I want to uh, change those habits. And um, stop not doing things because they scare me. I th- I think that's extraordinary because when I first heard your your TED talk, uh, <clears throat> that struck me like an arrow. Because I wouldn't say I l- live my whole life in fear, although it's a huge element mm-hmm. sometimes. It's that I'm a, I'm an over worrier, mm-hmm. which is actually could be a manifestation of fear. Yes, exactly. And and. Melissa, ta- and we'll talk about what your words of wisdom were, but it's it's that you that it, you, when you hear such a truth, it 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 makes you sit back and say, "Wow, it seems so obvious when you hear it, but you're not aware of it." And then someone like Melissa has a talk, or we, ju- we were just talking, and they say this truth, and it it's wonderful because it makes you sit back and say and reassess and say, "Oh, okay." that they're talking about me and now so what do I do about that because it isn't good for my mental or emotional health how do I move forward yes right and that acknowledgement I think uh, for me anyway is the first step in in conquering it like you can acknowledge that it's there and that first step will have it no longer run you Mm. or at least it'll guide you in a way of of learning not to let it run you well, a, a couple of things that just come to mind in what you were saying. For me, um, the thing that the imagery that helps me the most is when I, I, I liken fear to fog. You know, fog, yes. uh, it can be dense. Uh, it can make you think that there's nothing in front of you. Uh, it can make you fearful of stepping forward for fear of falling. Um, but oftentimes with fog, if you wait long enough it dissipates. And when it dissipates, you see that there is a road and there is concrete things and below you. And there's also eventually sunshine. And there's sunshine. <laughs> and so if, exactly. you, if you're patient enough to stand in the face of fear, it will dissipate like fog. Um, and what you were saying about worrying, because I used to be a big warrior too, and I, you know, it's not like I'm never afraid of anything anymore or I never worry. It's a practice like yoga. Mm-hmm. Every day I have to be conscious of it. But someone said years ago, and this speaks to hearing things in a way that you can under, truly understand them, 
I heard someone say years ago that worry is negative prayer. Mm-hmm. And that really Ooh, I love stopped that. me in my tracks. Why would anyone want to pray negatively? Why would anyone want to pray for the very thing that they don't want? Um, and I'm not uber religious, but that speaks to me. And so I'm, I've really curbed a lot of my worrying because of that. That's fascinating. So at, at one point you, you, I'm processing this guys. I know you're all <laughs> waiting for me to speak, but I, I mean, she's so wise. I, I kind of like have to breathe it in. <laughs> so when you talk about not worrying and the courage and all mm-hmm. at one point in your in your talk, which I thought was adorable because it reminded me of, um, you were talking about how you, when you were younger, you had a fear of nightlight of, uh, you, you needed the light on to go to the bathroom. Oh yeah. I mean, and I was thinking of lions of and the, tigers fear and of bear, the, oh my. Fear of the dark, <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. um, which I have gotten over. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I used to have a fear of death and as you know, and I'll share with your audience, uh, even that I have had to what I have found in my life is the things that I tend to try to run away from the most are often the things that I have to face. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that very TED talk that I had about my partner and his brain bleed, um, in 2016, he passed away. He actually died in my arms. And it was the, it was unexpected and it was quick. And um, my life sort of, almost imploded. You know, I, I, I understood in that, uh, in the aftermath of his death, I understood what people meant when they said the spouse is usually the one to go next because, you know, your heart is broken. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm sure I've had heart attacks from it because I've, I felt the pain. Um, and I, but I thought to myself, you know, this is like an undertow. It just takes you, but I didn't want his death to define the rest of my life negatively. I didn't want people walking around and saying, oh my God, she hasn't been the same since, you know, and I'm, yeah. and, and so I, I gave myself three challenges daily. The first one was to just get up and say yes to life. I didn't care what it was. I made myself get up, put makeup on, put, get dressed and be ready. I think that's, I have to tell you, that's a courageous act in and of itself, because we've all been through periods not as, not with a, me personally, with, with a spouse mm-hmm. or a significant other, but where you're really low. Really And to low. just get the energy to get up, get just out of get bed, out put of your bed makeup even. on. Yeah. But that, what you just said to yourself, say it again for everyone. I'm going to. Well, I, I you know, I had I'm, to remind myself that I was still a member of the living community. Mm-hmm. And when you lose someone, it's really easy to look at the glass half empty. It's mm-hmm. really easy to focus on what you no longer have. So I chose to remind myself daily of what I still had. Um, we had been together for 31 years. It had been a beautiful relationship. And I I didn't want to, you know, spit in the eye of the universe because I didn't still have all of the wonderful blessings that I had. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be thankful for what I was given. So, so that was part of it. Um, the second thing was, you know, plant seeds for my future because who knows, I could be here another 30 years. So, you know, am I eating well? Am I exercising? What am I doing financially? What am I doing career wise? But every day plant a seed to ensure something for my future. So say yes to life. Say yes to life to lean into life. 
And then the third one, which was not easy in the beginning, but it was really important, and that was find joy in every day. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sitting here with two incredibly talented women whom I respect. It's a great day out. I just had a wonderful meal. Any small reminder that the glass was half full. And in doing that, I found the most tremendous collateral beauty in his death. I mean, things just started happening. It's amazing when you do say yes to life, mm -hmm. the things that happen even when you're not trying to make them happen. So that was the lesson that I learned. And, you know, here I had this TED Talk on my fears of death. That's what's... That's what's puts one in, in awe and also you listen to this and, and I, I knew because just so that it's clear, I met Melissa, we spoke, I, she shared this story that she just shared with you. Mm -hmm. So now I know about the fact that her significant other has passed away. Right. Then I listened to the TED talk and the TED talk opens with facing your biggest fears and that's of his illness, mm -hmm. but at that point, he was still very much, he alive, had recuperated yeah. and was alive and moving on with life. So that when you're listening to that and you know all those facts, it's, it's shocking and it's, and, and you feel the empathy and the sympathy. And then it just all the more says, look at this really remarkable woman who, who is, who embodies, you know, I'm a survivor. You know, I mean, that's what I was thinking when I was watching that. I was like, she, I don't know if I could have done it. Well, I think, I think we're all capable of doing it and it's a choice. And for me, I thought to myself, I can, I can lie down now and I can take six months or two years or five years to check out and grieve. But if I do that, then two months or you know, six months or a year or five years from now, I'm at square one and have to start all over again. Mm -hmm. And so to me, anytime you sustain a major traumatic emotional event, it's like, it's, it's, a, it's as similar as having a car accident. It's trauma. Trauma is trauma. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to rehab. And I thought the sooner I start rehabbing, the better. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't grieve. Mm -hmm, there were sure. times that no, I would just... No, that's not evident. Yeah. The, yes. I, I, there were times, and at times you're unexpecting it to happen, too. Like, yes. <laughs> but um, I I turned off, I got rid of my cable. Um, I, you know, just got rid of a lot of things. And I said, listen, I have been we for 31 years. I now have to learn who I am. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I went on the journey of rediscovering self. Mm. Um and I and I didn't want to anesthetize myself, so I turned off TV. I, I went without TV for close to two years, um, and I still don't have cable anymore. I have an antenna, so I get what I get, and <laughs> you know. But it was great because it made me focus on self, and mm -hmm. and again, I'm I'm really focused on reaching my fullest potential, whatever that is. But I stopped drinking. I just did a lot of things that I said, you know. It's this isn't to, me. It's, I need to I take just care of me. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, when we talk about getting rid of our baseline of fear and how it runs your whole life, you had brought up in the TED Talk a few pertinent points that I wanted to bring out mm -hmm. for for us and for 
our listeners, is um, you talked about babies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she told us a fact that I didn't know. Yeah, you know, I did research on this, and, you know, the research says that we're all born with only two fears, um, the fear of falling and the fear of um, loud noises. And, you know, everything else we're we're taught. Think about high school you know, you're you're afraid to say anything in class because you're scared that people will make fun of you or that you won't have the or right be the answer. Wrong answer. Yeah. yeah. You know, and these are irrational fears that hold us back. Not asking a question for fear of sounding stupid. Well, guess what? If you don't ask that question now, you're just maintaining your ignorance. That's true. So so you're not progressing. For fear of what, you know, yeah. um, any of it. When when I it. heard that on on your TED talk, I I literally sat back and laughed. I'm like, wow. I thought of like three or four immediate fears. I mean, I'm kind of still afraid of falling, but um, <laughs> the ones that aren't just those two, I'm like, yeah, these are all learned. Mm-hmm. This is kind of silly and. I can absolutely get over some of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you brought up a point, and it was the way you coined it, which makes it uh, memorable. You talked about how we are hoarders of fears. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was so succinctly and aptly put, Mm -hmm. because I bet you we could all just right now put a pad and paper in front of ourselves and say, oh, yeah, what, what fears that are ongoing that never go away of my whole life Mm -hmm. you know falling is one of them but it's uh walking to a room and introducing myself because i'm an introvert right so the first thing whenever social situation Mm -hmm. oh my god (laughs) or to this day oh my god what am i gonna say what am i gonna sweaty you're like oh fear it's pounding at a party people you know don't know how to be start a conversation and you know, just to, to clarify, there are lots of things, yes, to be afraid of, like a poisonous snake or, you know, I, I want to be clear with too. the audience yes, that, yeah. you know, I'm not talking about um, rational fears of, you know, f- f- there's a fire there, you know, things right. of that sort. But I'm talking about those things that we are socialized to fear that don't serve us in any way. And, you know, women, we, we're afraid of what we look like and you know, afraid to wear something or, you know. Or now we're, you know, we're in our 40s, 50s, 60s. What do I look like? How do I present? Do I look older? What Mm -hmm. are people going to say about me? Should I wear the red strapless dress? Uh, You know, do my arms look good? I mean, it's like there's a constant uh, tirade in one's own head Mm -hmm. about, about fear, because it's all about fear, the worry or, you know, and then you have to then go back and say, find the courage to say, you know, I really like this red dress. And and, and I, I'm not trying to minimize, mm-hmm. you know, we we're talking about death and grief, but I'm just trying to make it just completely relatable, almost on a daily basis. Yes. I want to wear the red dress. Mm-hmm. You know, so but, what? I'm and if everybody it. talks about me, okay, well, what can I do? You know, or, but it made me happy too. That's right. And and life is too short not to be happy, right? Right. Yes. Right. Um, but even on an economic level, uh, you know, studies have proven that if there is a job search and it says that it lists 10 qualities that you must have to apply, 
a woman will say, well, I only have seven, so I won't apply yet. Whereas men will say, well, I've got five, so I'm going to go for it. That's so yeah. true. You know, and it's <laughs> the fear of not being qualified or being rejected or... And and so these are the kinds of fears. So what? So what you know, is exactly apply a, a for the mantra job I have. Because <laughs> it's true. It, no, but it's it really great. is. Apply for the job that you're not qualified for because that that uh, experience alone will inform you and educate you and get you ready for the next one. So that when the one you really want or you're really qualified for comes along, then you'll get it. Or maybe you're qualified and you just don't know it. You're not giving yourself enough credit. You're not credit, giving yourself so. enough credit. Yeah. 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 And you talk about how uh, fear uh, stops you for asking for help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, fear, because as women too, I believe, we all think we should be self-sufficient. Yeah. There's a fear of appearing weak. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, there's a, a fear of asking for help, um, you know, not wanting to bother people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I have that a lot. We're also supposed to be the ones who are giving the help or nurturing yes. societal standards. But who nurtures the nurturer? That's right. right. Exactly. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you talked about fear of confrontation. Mm-hmm. And confrontation shouldn't have to be and isn't always a negative word. You know, if there is an elephant in the room to to point to the elephant in the room, it doesn't mean you have to be aggressive about it. But you know, hey, you are overdue a pay raise for the last two years. Confront the issue. Mm-hmm. You know, but we we tend not to we do that. We tend not to do yes. that. Yeah. We tend to minimize, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I think. And talking about minimizing, you made a good point about how fear makes you think small. It does. Mm. It does. And so, you know, for me, again, I feel like um, the fertile ground of growth always happens just outside of our comfort zone. Mm. You know, when you're comfortable or you're scared, you tend to think small. Um, And... And that doesn't get you anything. You you never win big by thinking small. So I just encourage people to, or I, I should say for myself, just every day to stop thinking small. And, you know, I, I think that the universe always has in store for me something far greater than I could have imagined for myself. And if I just say yes and lean into it, I will discover that. But I have to be ready and willing and able to be uncomfortable in something. I guess it's a, it's it's having the courage to face your fear of the unknown, yes. too. Oh, yeah. that's a big one. That's for it. Sure. Because that's you it. really, if you close yourself off, because we do tend to, we close our own doors in our head. Yes. And so if you're dealing with grief or you're dealing with a fear, mm-hmm. finding that courage to almost say yes to yourself first so that then you can accept whatever the universe or opportunities occur. Yes. I'm thinking out loud because this is a learning process for me. It's a continual, I wouldn't say struggle, but uh, uh, issue that I'm always, I have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And we're all entertainers in this room. So uh, continuity isn't necessarily a word that uh, is an everyday occurrence in our life because mm-hmm. no matter how many jobs you get, 
unless it's unless it's on a TV show, you know, mm-hmm. a hit TV show, you're it, there's it's never going to be stable. Right. You're, there's always going to be something else that one has to continually then go out and get or search for. I call it a right. perpetual state of unemployment. Mm. Even when you're in that job, you're shooting that day, you're on that stage. Because it's going to end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Well, here's another way that I tend to look at things. Uh, you know, we humans are uh, creatures of comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, we are most comfortable uh, when when everything is as we know it. You know, we eat the same things. We tend to travel the same path to work or to the market or, you know, we stay in our lane and we do the same things. Uh, you know, we sit in the same seat. We, we, we're creatures of habit. You know, some of us have uh, a longer list of positive habits than negative, but habits are habits, mm-hmm. whether they're negative or positive. And so every day, what are we doing to take those habits that are negative and cross them off the list and turn them into positives. But humans are creatures of habit. But life, by very definition, is about change. Mm -hmm. Yes, we're only babies for so long, then we're toddlers, then we're little kids, we, we, we're teens for only so long, you have only so long to, you know, when you are, are in your prime for birthing children. And, you know, everything is, is in constant evolution. Mm-hmm. And yet we want everything to always be the same. And so, you know, that, that um, saying that uh, survival of the fittest, I don't believe that's about brawn. I don't believe that's about being strong and being He-Man. I believe that is about being facile and easily adapting. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that is where survival comes in, to be able to adapt to your ever-changing circumstances daily. And that allows you, to tie into the topic, that allows you then because you're resilient, because you're adaptable, mm-hmm. and, and how quickly one can do that uh, instead of staying entrenched, yes. that allows you to be more courageous. It allows you to have more um, choices. Freedom, really, and, yeah. and courage, right? Yeah. yeah, freedom. And just to be clear, courageous doesn't mean that you are without fear. No, no. Courage simply means, you know, being scared and and forging ahead anyway. Yes. Yeah. As FDR, you said, nothing to fear but fear itself. (laughs) And facing your fear, you also brought that up and we just spoke about it, is facing your fear welcomes courage. You Mm -hmm. said that. I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm repeating. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm repeating (laughs) Melissa's words of wisdom here. (laughs) So, and and also when I listen to your TED Talk, and I I just want to, let me just say this. I thought of this wonderful uh, saying that I saw on Instagram at one point, and and uh, and it said, "What if you fail? Oh my dear, but what if you fly?" Yeah. And and I know when I started a certain project that uh, that I had started um, a while back, and I was fear, and I was definitely fearful, and I saw that it came. I guess the universe sent it to me at the right time mm-hmm. in my life because I saw that and I said, that's right. What if I do fly? Why am I assuming? I've had so many successes in my life. I believe in myself. I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I've proven myself. I've won awards, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, and then, but 
I go straight back to the worry, the fear, the fail. It just, you know, some people say, well, that drives you, but it actually drains you. Yeah, definitely and, draining. And then what if you fly, which is exactly what you're saying when you, when you say, um, don't hoard your fears. Fear can wreck your spirit. I'm also going to suggest we need to redefine what failure is. Mm. And I think oftentimes tremendous blessings come to us. But we miss them because they're not wrapped in the package that we were expecting them to be wrapped in. Mm. You know, people work on their vision boards and they have this idea of what they're setting out to do and what they want to achieve. And then something entirely different comes along, which is the blessing. But because it's not exactly in that blue package or wrapped the way they envisioned it, they reject it. And and you miss you a missed lot that way. You're yeah. right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, they say Thomas Edison, he failed 300 and something times. Is he a failure when that 302nd bulb actually worked? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we gauge? And, and I think you only fail if you don't allow yourself to learn from the experience. That's true, To too. be informed by, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's all a CSI lab. So I made that choice and it didn't work out, but it informed me to this, 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 and this. Okay, great. Got it. Let's move on. Right. Yeah. And, and also, I, I know I've been speaking to someone a while back about just making choices and being courageous. And they said, yeah, but I made that choice and look, I failed or look, it didn't turn out well. So there, like, like. Well, you showed and, us. And it, it, yeah, Thanks it was for like, not trying right, a second time. But, yeah. And so it would stop. And I would be like, just also, just because you're trying, just because because you find the courage to do it, mm-hmm. that doesn't guarantee the success or what you thought the success would be. Maybe it's that experience, which hopefully now, what, like what you're saying, Melissa, find the positive in that, mm-hmm. find the strength in that, or find the pitfall in that so mm-hmm. you don't have to repeat it. Right. And then it's You've redefined it, and it is a success because everything we do in life, we're not always successful at everything. We're just not. Mm-hmm. So take that pressure off of ourselves too. Yeah. And and the the fact that for for you, what I've seen, what what you've done, and what you've accomplished since since you had your loss, I mean, you have definitely faced fear in, in the face, and you've moved forward. And you've been thriving. I mean, Thank it, you. And that's what this podcast also is all about, how to find a fulfilling life. And that's the key. The verb is to find. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily always to have, but you're always making efforts to find um, how to have a fulfilling life and to flourish. And I think, Melissa, that's what you exemplify. You have flourished. And Thank I admire you. that. Thank I really you. No, I really do. Um, I will add one more thing to that because I think it's a really important component. Um, again, as women, you know, one of the most interesting things about that is since my partner's death, uh, everybody that I know is trying to push me into the arms of another man. Everybody's yeah, worried well, about my I didn't know existence. if I should bring that up. It's okay. It's okay. I was going to, you know, I do that to my good friend who is like, partner. are you yet? Have you found somebody? Yeah. And, you know, I, I need to let all the women out there know you are complete by yourself. If you want a partnership, if you want a union, if you like to be in the company of a man, 
that is fabulous. But, you know, the idea that you are incomplete without one is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, should I find someone, um, you know, should someone come along? I'm not saying no to anything, but I'm not actively seeking anything. And if someone comes along, they're going to have to be pretty fierce to turn my head mm. because I am enough and you're complete. I am complete. Mm-hmm. I'm not lonely. I'm not alone. Uh, and too many women feel like, you know, they, they're, they're defined by the man they're with or right. they, what makes them a woman is being defined by a man. And, and I just want women to know that you are enough. Oh, I think that's a very important that is message. So important. Yeah. And I will say that I am, I, What's the word? I can blame myself because I'm guilty of I have a good friend whose significant other of over 25 years suddenly passed away. She went on a business trip. She came home and he was gone. I mean, just that's that was it. And and um, she's very, very, very successful in her chosen field. Mm -hmm. And she did use work to help um, reduce some of the grief Mm -hmm. but whenever i say to her because it's been a few years now well when are you going to do do i'll help you maybe get online or if you want to go to a bar together Uh, i'm not the greatest flirt in the world but (laughs) you know i'll be your wing woman and (laughs) stuff like that and she goes you know i i'm it's not that i'm not ready if something Mm -hmm. comes along she says exactly what you say if someone comes along and it's organic, mm-hmm. that's fine, but I have a perfectly wonderful life, yep. and I don't need more to fill the glass. That's right. That's the right. glass maybe will, if someone comes along, will have a different liquid inside of it, mm-hmm. but I don't need more. And I think that's an important, again, that's yeah. a, but that's also courageous, too, because women women tend to have that feeling that the glass is half full unless I have the significant other. And I thank my mother for that because she raised me always saying, it's better to be alone than to be with someone who brings you down. Mm-hmm. You know what yes. I mean? And, mm-hmm. and I know too many women in, who are in relationships that they're just there so that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think you should learn to like your own company. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Learn yeah. to, to be with yourself and like Learn to yourself. enjoy yourself. And because you were talking about glasses, another uh, phrase I read online or something that mm-hmm. I love, um, is the glass half full or is it half empty? No, it's refillable. <gasps> oh, oh, don't you love that? That's yes. so, it I've never heard that. No, I love it. Fabulous. Yeah. It's, it's refillable. refillable. That's amazing. Look! Look at all the gems. <laughs> all right, you have to write a book. They're not. They're not mine. I just find these things I and know. they resonate to you know with me. So I I hold on to them. But if you house it around your TED talks and all, you have a this is a great book. I would read your book. I would. Wouldn't you read <laughs> your book? Sure. Or start your own podcast. Oh. <laughs> It's okay. You can compete with me. It's fine. I, the more the merrier, whatever. Um, how did you get involved with the Bernard uh, TED Talks? Um, someone had um, a, a dear friend of mine who's a powerhouse and, and incredible. Uh, she was running it, and she knew she was familiar with my first TED Talk. And so she uh, there was an application um, process, and she 
asked me to consider it. And Barnard, um, you know, it's a school for women and they have the 10 tenants of business for women. And one of them is courage. And so I looked at the tenants and, you know, they were looking for 10 speakers each to speak of one of the tenants. And, and that just spoke to me. So I proposed that issue. Fantastic. Okay. So would you want to share anything else around this topic that perhaps there's a question I didn't ask that maybe you think would be of value, although as if you haven't added value with this entire episode. Um, so is there inspired. anything you want to further share with women who perhaps actually have recently lost someone perhaps? Um, yeah, you know, uh, because I do know some women who uh, have lost uh, people, husbands, loved ones around that, you, you know, it's interesting when you become, being a widow sucks in the way that, um, you know, when it first happened, I could clear out a room, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody just suddenly doesn't know what to say. And they're afraid like that it's contagious, you know, they don't want to touch you. I mean, it really is interesting. And, and then, of course, there were a lot of people who were like, oh, let me introduce you to this woman. I know she lost her husband. And it's like, you know, everyone wants you to join a group and whatnot. Um, and there are some women who uh, have had a hard time moving on mm-hmm. from it. And, you know, this is my feeling. Life is short. Life is very, very short. I also feel that we are born alone and we die alone. And life is about the contact that we make in between those two points. And so with whatever time any of us have left, let's make some meaningful contact. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just, true. whether it's a neighbor, the person at the corner store, someone on the train that you don't know, Joanna and I, you know, just I know. just going to work, we made some meaningful contact, and now I here worked, we are. We've kept it up, yeah. And, you know... And it doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't. Just just make meaningful contact. Yeah. There's a lady... Connection. Um, there, I live near a, a rehab home for older people, and there's a lady who I've noticed around 3 o'clock every afternoon sits on her little walker roller, and she has her oxygen tank, and she's always there by herself. And I never see anyone roll her out or roll her in. I'm always walking by at the time when she's just there. So I purposely went by her a few days ago just to say hi Mm -hmm. and see it, like, to see if she would catch eye contact. And if she did, I would say hello. I said hello. She seemed surprised and said, like, a shy hi back. And for the next three days since... We were like, hi, oh, it's like wonderful. this different bond. Beautiful thing. Yeah. And that literally, there's like this brightness that I walk away with and she's smiling and I'm smiling and I don't know her name. She doesn't know my name. It's just that contact but you said. Contact the connection. you've changed a life. Yeah. You have. She has too. Boy, I tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just something special just to make that because contact. Because I'm sure now she's looking forward to saying hello to you mm. and you're oh. looking forward to I saying do. hello to her. I purposely go on that side of the road to to meet up with her if she's there just to say hello. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, well, that thank is. you for bringing that up though. That's like, that's what we should be doing. That's what we should contact. be doing. Yeah. yeah. Did you have any questions you wanted to ask? Um, a couple, I guess. Yeah. Um, haven't gone through loss and I'm sure in your circle of friends uh, and colleagues, uh, if people come to you for help or advice on days that you're kind of not feeling it, 
I don't, you seem to be, a, you're a very strong woman, very intelligent. Uh, and I find people always go to those types of women when they need help. Are there times when you're just not feeling it and you, you want to not necessarily not help, but get, like have your own space and not feel like you need to be helping everybody? Yeah. I, 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 I never get the sense that people are you know, glomming on to me. And I don't think I've ever had the sense of people needing my help at a time when I didn't want to give it. I will admit to being an ambivert, which is I'm part extroverted, part Mm -hmm. um, introverted. And so my pendulum swings back and forth. It's, I think, one of the reasons why I am an actor, writer, director, all of those things. You know, I couldn't just ever be a writer because to be siloed in a room every day by myself, uh, that would be horrible. Um, but, you know, so I love engaging with people and, and being out there. But then when my pendulum swings and it's very clear to me when I need to go in and, you know, I just, there sometimes there'll be a day when I do not leave my house. I don't get out of my pajamas. I don't maybe, you know, even take a shower. Uh, but I'm very clear of those times when I need to regroup and re-energize. And I may not answer the phone that day. You know, uh, New Year's was a perfect example. My year had been really, really busy. And by the time that the end of the year came... I was feeling somewhat depleted, not in a negative way, but just I had given a lot. And so I tried to be as quiet as I could over the holiday season. And so New Year's, I think I only spoke to one person. Um, My sister called me and I answered the phone. But other than that, I I didn't engage. And I think I was in bed by 930. Um, But I knew I needed that. And and that's how I renew myself. Mm-hmm. That self-care is really yeah. important for sure. Yeah. But I know um, after uh, – I know you asked Melissa the question, but I would just want to give you what, what I've done in those situations. For because sure. When, uh, after I had the cancer and then people would say whatever they would say to me, which was all well-intentioned, or they, mm-hmm. then they'd want advice, advice like what you – uh, You feel and, like an overstimulated cat. Yeah. Like, and so, so much coming at you. Quite honestly, what I would do, and it's a question of, of boundaries – and and they're not they're not going beyond anybody's boundaries. It's a question of whatever my emotional or physical state was at, at that time. And if I if it was just too much, I would actually say, you know, I really I want to answer your question and I will address your question. And most people who know me know that I'll be giving back, but I can't do it right now. It's not really a good time for me right That's now. That's honest. So uh let's just table it now. And, you know, I'll call you in a couple of days and we can talk about that because if I can help you, I will. But right now I can't. And most people didn't, weren't insulted or upset Mm -hmm. about that. They they respected, I believe they respected that. And I think they respect it more, even if at first perhaps somebody was, they just didn't show it to me. Mm -hmm. The fact that, well, then I did follow through. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was like, you know, today's Wednesday, Saturday morning. I'm like, is this a good time? I just want you to know, I remembered you asked me. This is what I can tell you. Yeah. That's it. That's honest. Yeah. 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 That's so, all you can do. Is, what can yeah. you do? Did my voice get louder? I got all energized. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm getting self-conscious. <laughs> I will gladly I wait a couple uh, days for uh, any questions uh, I have, no. Joanna. Don't worry about me. 
So is there anything else you want? Oh, I'm going to shut I'm not saying um, anything. <laughs> it's funny. Earlier, Joanna, you had mentioned um, flourishing uh, about Melissa. And it's funny. I had this written down as that was my mantra word for 2019. And I sort of loved it so much that I'm using it again for times when I need to feel a little more courageous on any level. I was wondering if for either of you ladies, is there a phrase or a word or something that you sit and think on or meditate on or remind yourself when you need to just have that little nudge when you're not feeling it? Uh, yeah, I think for me, it's say yes, you know, I and I know that they say that women say yes to much. I have very clear boundaries. So it's not about that. But it's it's just about leaning in. Um, and, and, um, you know, saying yes, more often than I say no. Um, I have a saying that I coined for myself. And it's called living my life with grace, guts and gratitude. And you truly do. Thank it's you. Yeah. like that's that is, what I try. That's yeah. your log line. If you could be a movie, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just live your live your life with grace and how you interact with people. And sometimes I'm not great, but mm-hmm. you know, I try. It's a process. And courageousness, guts, yeah. and um, and constant gratitude. Looking. That's a big one. At what I have, mm-hmm. not what I don't have. Mm-hmm. And that took me, that was a muscle, just by the way, that took me a long time to cultivate. I didn't, I thought I even understood it, but I really didn't Mm -hmm. in in my heart, viscerally. But now I do. And it truly does change your outlook on life. It truly does. It it is one of the reasons that I was, you know, when, when, when Ronald died, I was... I didn't want to indulge in the grief. Mm. Not that I didn't grieve, but I didn't want to be indulgent in it, Mm -hmm. you know, because I felt that that would be ungrateful to the universe for what I had and was given, Um, you know, and and so, yeah, gratefulness goes a long way. We need more of it in this day and age for sure. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank we you. have three questions, which I'm surprising you with, but they're not bad questions. Okay. That we ask all of our guests. Okay. <laughs> so you know what they are, right? It's just, it's not a long answer. Mm-hmm. It's just instinctual. What steams you now? If something happens, like, what would you steam you? Like, me, it's like the toilet paper on wrong. So, I mean, that's the type, <laughs> it doesn't have to be, in, you know, greatly intellectual. Um, yeah. Lack of manners. Okay. Mm. So many people say that, that we have on. Yeah. You know, people forgetting please and thank you and, you know, just basic manners. That's my favorite child's book, Richard Scarry's book of please and thank you. Oh, how adorable. And I always thank the bus driver, you know, when yes. I when I yes. get off the bus, some, sometimes I want you to do it in the back, but, you know, I'm in the front. So and I'm, I always like, thank you. Because how many well. people say thank you to that's the bus right. driver, yeah, right? right? Or... How are you today to a lot of people who, and they, they're shocked they're that shocked. someone asked them. And you listen. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what makes you smile? Oh, um, lots of things. Uh, kids playing, laughter. Um, I Seeing anybody who um, is a master at what they do, mm-hmm. you know, and it can be anything from... I remember them talking about, you know, Michael Jordan being, you know, in the zone or whatever. But 
you can apply that to any profession and seeing somebody who has mastered their craft, it just, it's astonishing to watch, you know? So that. All right. Yeah. Well, again, thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure as always. I'm glad we got to reconnect. We've been trying to reconnect forever. So I'm glad this was the catalyst, right? right? Why not? (laughs) And um, we have a book recommendation, which Carrie is going to recommend. This is an amazing book. uh, And you just mentioned Michael Jordan. Yes. Uh, Joanna, earlier you referred to Melissa as a super achiever. And ironically enough, this book is by Michael Jordan's trainer who also happened to be rest his soul kobe bryant's trainer uh mr tim s grover it's called relentless from good to great to unstoppable and i just finished reading it last week and it's basically these super achiever people uh who still want to improve upon being better than where they are if that's even imaginable but these people never stop improving and growing and they have this courage to keep doing it they don't rest on their laurels they don't sit back on what they can get away with that they know they can get away with they continue to grow and i will admit there's some chapters in this book that had me very very angry and i have to go read back read go back and read those chapters because it clearly is something inside me that I need to learn to deal with on growth and learning. But in any profession, anything in life, I think this book is amazing. Oh, I'm it's about being this. relentless yeah. in everything you it. do. Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing. This I is actually why I love book recommendations. Yeah. It's truly life changing. Okay. Well, thank you, ladies. Thank Both you, of ladies. you, as always. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And our closing motto is remember kindness counts i love that and remember kindness, kindness counts. counts is this a 